When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. We have videos going daily, but sometimes, you know, two, three times a day. Um, so I won't want you to miss any content, so make sure you hit that bell icon. Uh, obviously, we've got some, some charity stuff coming up soon for the um, Iron Supporting Food Bank, so make sure you keep an eye out for that, as well as the, the Isle of Fight campaign. So loads of stuff going on. We'll keep you going during this off-season. With some West Ham content, although the fixture list came out today and probably won't get a point until November, but doesn't matter. Um, my blind optimism has already been dashed with by that being uh, being released, but doesn't matter. Um, loads of great guests we have coming up, including this from one Russell to another. Although I got like to call myself Russ, only my mother called me Russell when I was doing wrong. Uh, how you doing, Russell? Hi, Russell Raphael. How are yeah, you? very good. Hi there. Hi, Russ. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. As I said, you come highly recommended by Mr. Phil Whelan. So that's absolutely no pressure what at all. What does he know? What does he know? God, yeah. what does he know? Eh? Yeah. Bless him. Uh, how are you? How's, how's things been going for the last little few months for you? Uh, well, uh, as weirdly as for everyone else, look, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm in a job. I'm able to work from pretty much from home. Yeah. Although I'm known go back to the office. Uh, and it's been I'm, I, you know, I'm an older guy, so my kids are grown up. So it's been slightly weird having them all suddenly back in the house of after course. we thought we were empty nesters <laughs> uh, up in leafy Muzzle Hill. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's been okay. And the football at the beginning of lockout, I thought, I mean, I'm still playing football a bit, and yeah. I was contrasting: was I going to miss West Ham? and getting back to that and i and it was so weird at that time back in march and april yeah. you couldn't imagine the games nah. and i thought i'm not yeah i'm not that bothered when they come back and yet when they did god oh boy was i back in it straight yeah. away and uh and can't wait to be back in the ground no exactly it was weird wasn't it because it was like you know like feast and famine or famine and feast the other way around really. we had like nothing for like 100 days and then yeah. there was this like deluge of games like 90 odd games in like four or five weeks and then it's nothing again he's like oh okay um yeah <laughs> what do we do well, I've, been, 
I've been sucked in. I renewed my season ticket yesterday, yeah. for better or for worse. Yes. See what we make of it. How many of us get in the ground? But yeah, okay, got to do it. We'll see. It will see what happens. As you said, it's um, yeah, it's 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 a strange one, isn't it? I don't think anyone really knows what's happening. Um, although I read I read this morning about um the England international games in October. They're looking to do them as a test game, a series of test games to get fans back in. But that's obviously Wembley, but we shall see who knows everything's dependent but as you said at least we're in the premier league so that's something isn't it yeah yeah it'd been awful it'd been awful yeah you can imagine it'd been actually awful if the last time we saw us was against southampton in the premier league and the next time we saw us was against barnsley in the championship you know so it's uh it's at least we're uh, at least we've, we're back in the still in the top well, flight and i mean it, it was tempting in the in those worst times to find some solace in thinking hey we go down we'll, we'll see we'll win a few games it was fun last time did <laughs> but i actually think the way football finances are now yeah and with so many clubs on the brink of disaster it really could have been a yeah. disaster to have gone oh, down yeah. so it's yeah. so important yeah yeah no exactly and you know mr moyes did the job again yep can't you know i mean you know for, for all it for every, all his critics and stuff he's, he's come in twice and kept us up twice can't, yeah. you know well, so we're hoping see. for a bit better next time i yeah. hope so yeah i wouldn't mind yeah. a sort of a a curbishly allardyce-esque sort of mid-table you know 12th 13th pretty boring football but we just i think we just need a bit of stability now do you know what i mean it's so like down the bottom and it's so like squeaky bum time all the time that bit of stability a nice little cup run that would do you next season that would do oh, me. really so we're not going to win the league then well at least we could do couldn't we i'm not being funny i've interviewed, I interviewed a guy the other day and he said west ham could be relegated or win the league and nothing and nothing either would surprise him and that's west ham isn't it that's why we it's about them. this time of the season we're normally a bit earlier because we normally start yeah. by, yeah. so by now all hopes are dashed yes but normally about the the first of august i have this blind sense of optimism oh me too that this is it this is it yeah you know look at these players who could possibly ascend a better <laughs> squad than this yeah exactly who can get a better squad than you yeah. know ryan fredericks at right back and you know and you know it's this is this is a champion this is a premier league winning team we have here absolutely yeah, but uh, yeah. so the last few seasons we've had City first game, we had United away yeah. the first game. I think we had, did we have Liverpool one first game? Yeah, so yeah. normally by about 20 minutes in on that first game, <laughs> <laughs> that's all gone. That that was me until like nine o'clock this morning, and then you know, then when I got the text going through saying, Oh, we've got Newcastle at home first game, I thought, Yeah, fancy that. And then you look at the rest of the fixtures, you're like, Okay, <laughs> we'll play them early on, Newcastle. Uh, well yeah it's um it's um and we've got boxing day as well boxing day home game um which is interesting yes which is interesting again there's you know slight uh, slight reservations obviously the assumption is obviously we won't be at full capacity by then that's probably you know so that's why we've got boxing yeah it's all and may's a nice running we've got a nice running so if we are struggling We've got a good run in. I think we've got Southampton okay. at home last game of the season. So it's not bad. It's not bad. Cool. But yeah. First two months are a bit true. But I'm the same as you. After the season, like literally when the season finished, I had this blind optimism that this season's going to be our season. I don't know why. I just think, I just think there's, I just think I, I, there's something, there's something sort of, I, I, I like having a, a manager who's, you know, I, I think 
it's uh, particularly being in Stuart Pierce as well and with, with Kevin Nolan you've got three guys there who aren't going to take no shit from the players do you know what I mean if they don't perform you, you know he's going to rip shreds out of them and I, and I like that in a manager you know folks fear you know I thought Pellegrini was too yeah you know, I couldn't really see him throwing a teacup or anything and Slav was too nice um yeah. I just think Moisey's got a bit of that Scottish we shall see we shall see indeed we yeah. shall see so russell the, the, the first question i always ask anyone um we're seven minutes in now so it's not too bad for me for once um is, is why is west ham your club russell why is it your club what's your story uh got lumbered um i mean i'm i'm ancient <laughs> i'm 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 ancient um, i'm now 60 years old so i'm going back a long time um so my dad was born in shaftesbury road off of green street oh, wow. um we grew up uh, a bit further out in Ilford, yeah. uh, but I and he worked in uh, Queen's Market. Well, it was Queen's Road Market before it became mm. Queen's Market. So I grew up, were you know, being in the market with him. Uh, so from a very young age, my Saturdays would have been Saturday morning pictures on Green Street, uh, fish and chips at uh, whatever the fish and chip shop was called, yeah. and then and then from nine years old onwards west ham in the afternoon and what, what so yeah and it was that was great that was great and then a bit of um uh the two ronnies and match of the day in at night when you got home it was like what a day Fantastic. textbook textbook yeah yeah oh how yeah. lovely how yeah lovely. and so that was so i had a yeah I had a, a season ticket it cost 15 pounds my first season ticket in 1969 and uh on and off since then. so i really had no had no choice although it, my brother my brother went to the dark side and he supports tottenham um so but i think more to just get up to get on the nerves of yeah. me my mum my dad i was the elder boy i sort of played the you know he had to go Toed the line he yeah. had to go rogue because he was the younger <laughs> he was the, he was the younger yeah. child yeah naturally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So no, we we haven't talked since nineteen seventy two. See, yeah, you can't go more rogue than going down to three point lane, could you? But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why I love it. it. I love the fact you've been lumbered. That, that that term you've been lumbered with them, which is brilliant. Yeah, which I've done with my kids. Now they're lumbered. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's part it's part of the it's part of the yeah. uh the joy of coming from my stand family. So Listen, my though, if they want to eat at my table, then they uh <laughs> they wear the shirt and that's that. <laughs> Just imagine everyone coming into, particularly now, everyone's back. You know, you said from, you know, your family's all back. Imagine everyone there. Yep. Okay. Shirt. 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 Yep. Okay. We can now begin. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, I love it. it. It's so funny. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And I mean, my my daughter's lumbered from, um, the age of three days old. Um, she's only eight, bless her. But she was, um, she was due on the playoff final against Blackpool, oh, and wow. um, and I had. I had a free ticket. I, you know, because I was doing a bit of work, uh, sort of chaperoning Hammerhead and Bubbles the Bear around the stadium, um, and uh, I had a, like a front row ticket. So obviously I went, um, and um, she was born slightly a couple of days afterwards. And uh, yeah, I've got a picture of her about two or three days old in the playoff trophy because um, I found out it was going to be at uh, Romford's uh, West Ham store. So, you know, and, and I walked, walked in, got, got Eddie to let me in and got a picture of her. So from, she was sort of imprinted from an early age, bless her. And, uh, yeah. yeah, she hasn't forgiven me, but um, we, we, should, we should see. 
<laughs> so what? So you know what? What was, what was your? Do you remember your first game, Russell? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Uh, oh, ironically, Newcastle at home, first game of the season. I think it was August the 9th, nineteen sixty-nine. We won one-nil. Jeff Hurst scored circa seventy minutes, and that was it. I was yeah. off and running. We played. Seem to remember the next home game was Arsenal. We drew one-all, but then. We had a decent start, but then it was normal. You know, in those days, we tended to finish. Do you know what? Do you know 16th, what? I think seventeenth. I think our next game after after Newcastle. I think the next game's Arsenal. Is it? Huh. Arsenal away. Yeah, Newcastle okay, and Arsenal right. away. Yeah. How? Listen, it's, don't it's, don't. It's all planned. Don't quote me, don't quote me <laughs> on it. Come through. Come through. Yeah. Come join. Yeah, come on. Uh, all listen, no, I've had to move to uh, the room where we're going to get some traffic here. Yeah, it's um, fine. That's not, yeah. Yeah, no. Listen, if you look it up, it probably isn't probably Newcastle isn't, followed by but Arsenal. Even if it but wasn't, it definitely it started with Newcastle. That yeah, was. that's all good. Well, I'll take a one nil. I'll take a one nil in in whenever it is four weeks time, wherever it is. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, and and obviously since then, you know, as you said, you, you, the family's come along and, and they've had to had to had to endure West Ham as well. And there must have been, you know, yeah, it must be some some really fun or memorable no. highlights no no oh, fun memorable. or memorable no fun yeah. no. <laughs> i would say thick or thin but it's mainly thin isn't it really being yeah. a West Ham fan. but i mean you yeah. know from you know because you know 1969 you know you sort of you were around during you know the best years in modern history of west ham really in terms of obviously you had the 80s sure. and the 85s and stuff that must have been a, a great time to be a fan uh for you particularly yeah well, I think from my choices that we'll come on to, there's one or two weird choices that are Brilliant. there more more from the heart than the head. Right. And uh, uh, may may throw up a couple of names, I'm sure, in all of these that you've done. There's not a player that hasn't featured in someone's team somewhere or the other. But hopefully some of these will not be regulars because of, you know, going back into different eras. Yeah. And most people are not as old as me. And um, <laughs> we could yeah, be some... We say it's experienced, Russell. It's You're experienced. an experienced. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lots, lots of lows, but yeah. Uh, traveling around the country. Exactly. I remember. I remember um, with a mate of mine who's an Everton fan. I was at university with him, and I wanted to show off about Trevor Brooking, and I said, and, and we were away at Sunderland in a cup in a night game in the cup, and I said, come on, we'll go off and. Um, We'll watch Brooking and we were in Lancaster and we hitchhiked across and we got there so easy. And what we had, and and, and of course, Brooking went off injured after 10 minutes. And <laughs> anyway. but we got a nil nil. We got, sorry, we, got, we drew one all, so there's a replay. And then what hadn't occurred to us is we walked out of Roker Park at 9 30 in the evening and thought, how the fuck are we going to get home? Because it's now pitch black. It was about February. And we spent so that's one of my weirdest West Ham memories. Yeah, having that we it took us about at well the, until the next morning, sleeping in a field, um, oh, God knows wow. what. Yeah, so weird stuff. I can't say there's been much European travel. That would have been nice, but that opportunity yeah. has not come up very often. The playoff final you talked about uh, Blackpool. Yeah. That with my son, my youngest, I went through three girls and a boy. So the girls have wilted away over the years, but me and my son, we're yeah. quite um, into it. And so going to that with him and that, you know, 
that last the goal three minutes from time yeah. uh, just looking up to the skies giving thanks to whatever or whoever might have guided yeah. us through that <laughs> i'm not much of a prayer but i do oh, think really? i came with a little bit of uh, thanks at that at that moment yeah uh, it was and it was fun wasn't it because obviously you know i mean when i mean obviously we we, we don't know I, mean, I think if you're going to go up obviously you, you want to go up as champions in the you know of the championship but i think that play going up in the playoffs is just amazing isn't it that one game and everything rests on that game yeah and yeah. you know the richest game in football as they call it and it so is but the relief obviously we've we've suffered the other side and crystal pat and I, yeah. still, I still can't when i if i occasionally dj for a friend's wedding i still can't play glad all over if it's been this is i've just got his vision of these all these people in yellow t-shirts but it just oh yeah it reminds me but you know it's, it's it's such a cool it's such a great way to go up i know people hate it some people but um it's just when it works for you it's brilliant and as you said when vastay scored that goal and we was that was our where we were and we were at that sort of end of the right in the middle and um just him there going Ugh. He was a I think guy. one of my I think one of my greatest memories going back a lot further into the 70s was the yeah. home game against Eintracht Frankfurt of course yeah, yeah where Brooking scored twice and I'd really like to say that I was there and the atmosphere in the ground but the truth is I, I can't I don't know why I wasn't there but I'm oops oh, oh there he is oops, there he is there, gone. I've gone okay so how do fine. I get right am You're I fine. still oh there I am right yeah for sure um the, the truth is I wasn't there. I have no idea why I wasn't there, but I wasn't. And I was watching it on TV at home. But the tension and maybe, yeah. the, you know, I remember my mum and my dad, we were just, you know, because any goal from them, I think. Yeah. I think we won 3-1, didn't we? But if it had been 3-2, I think we'd have been out. I think if they'd have scored any, I know I'm going back a long way. Yeah, here. sure. Don't but know. that I think that was, and looking at the crowd that night, there, yeah. it was that's probably why i wasn't there for some reason i couldn't get a ticket yeah um well, it's, it's funny you interview so many people and they'll go oh well i was and, and it's like well they must have had a capacity of about eighty thousand people up to part that day because everyone says yeah, oh yeah i was yeah. there well you but at least you're honest enough russell to yeah say. i've come clean yeah on speaking of watching games on telly in, for, since restart are you a crowd noise on or crowd noise off type person oh definitely off really I can't, yeah 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 I, I i can't you can't quite make out what they're saying most of the time yeah but i really like the idea that you could catch the other thing and you do catch <laughs> the other thing and and you know i like that they are and it does remind me of me watching my kid play football yeah um and it's like that just at a really good level <laughs> yeah no, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that they're and that how passionate they are, and they're shouting and screaming all the time, or at least some of them are. And you do, you are sometimes able to pick out who are the shouters. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that. That's yeah, been a yeah, real yeah. bonus. Of it. And it's yeah. it's it's funny because you get like obviously you know when you're at the ground when you're like one of the sixty thousand, you don't get that, do you? No. You don't. You, it's all the chat, but it's nice to have. It's very similar to when I, we go and do reserve team matches. It's the same thing. You hear them all shouting, and but you know, there's still about two hundred sort of fans there, of you know, family and friends. But yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It's nice to catch the odd the odd swear word, isn't it, and stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, like and, and the commentators apologising for that as well. So like, what do you expect? Yeah. But uh, no, I thought it's funny the uh, the Norwich game particularly. I find I found particularly interesting because I was crowd noise on for that game, and uh, the Norwich. Well, you know, 
the, the AI they use for it actually booed them off the pitch at three 0 and that that's when you know you know you're you're shit if you're getting booed yeah. off by a yeah. robot. But yeah. uh, no, it's good fun, and was, you know I think actually I think people have adjusted to it quite well the the whole sort of restart, and obviously you know it's it's not ideal, but it is what it is, and as you said it it's it's about getting everything done. It was I was surprised they did it to be honest. I was surprised, but um, hey, you know. Yeah. It was a, um, it's better than nothing exactly exactly yeah. right moving on to your 11 because you mentioned that and i'm interested because obviously as an experienced fan you have a nice a nice um you know an overview. yeah an overview yeah. a spread yes. of, of yes. players um the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play now you're fortunate to have seen probably <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, but you know, you I wish I was twenty-five. Yeah, exactly. And you couldn't put Bobby Moore in your team, but um, but yeah. So that's the whole idea. So obviously, I couldn't put Bobby Moore in my team. I could put Gary Breen. You know, seems a fair swap. And why um, you? Well, exactly. Why wouldn't you? You know, nor, yeah. you know Irish international. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with yeah. with old Barry Green. Um, but yeah. So that's the whole idea, and it can. You, and it's your eleven. So as you said, you know, it doesn't. It's not necessarily the best eleven. It's the eleven that means something to you and that's what's quite nice and we've we've had probably about since i think you're probably the 147th guest maybe eight, and we've had about 210 different players have come up in okay. conversation so and because it's all generational things isn't it and so yeah. um yeah. but it's, it's all good yeah. right so we'll start off in goal so who's in goal for russell 11 okay well i've got a little short list i'm going to build yeah. up build up a bit Ooh. of tension here oh i like I, it I, I've gone for a very contrast. So obviously, the first the first goalie I saw was Bobby Ferguson. Yes, uh, we bought from Kilmarnock, I think, for eighty grand or something like that, and he was he was okay, fairly solid. And then I've seen through Mervyn Day, Ludo, Phil Parks, uh, Rob Green, brilliant, brilliant goalie. I think yeah. Green. So I've seen a lot of David James. I've written down. I'm going for none of those, and I'm going for a very controversial choice. Controversial. In oh, that, like in that he only played for us twelve times, and that technically he's not even—he wasn't even our player. So I'm not sure if I'm allowed him. Of course, and sure. I, but his name is Bernard Lamar. Ah, oh, Bernard Lamar. So Go he, on. so Bernard. I mean, he came with a reputation. He'd already been banned for uh, smoking cannabis. And that was how we got him. But he was he was the PSG goalie before he came to us, and yeah. he became a World Cup winner for France <laughs> after he left us. So he had something, but he was very much of the um, trapeze artist school yes. of goalkeeping. Yeah. And why punch it when you can scorpion kick it? And you know you just didn't know what you were going to get as that ball came across. Mm -hmm. He, I, I thought he was amazing. And clearly, you could you can make a very good case for saying Phil Parks and Ludo were better, more solid goalies. Course, yeah. But there yeah. wasn't a dull moment with no. Bernard. And so, um, I wish we could have seen him for longer. Yeah, and uh, uh, he's my choice. My, uh, my, my. The well we, we, someone else picked bernard lamar and once that and there was a story they said but once he was so bored watching the game bernard was he had his hand like on the on the post like that he was like leaning on the post not like bored. you're a professional football player man you know right you know he's yeah. so bored. and also though my my memory of lamar was always he i don't think he would shower after a home game because literally he was always in the car 
stuck in Green Street after the kickoff, after the game finished. Always. And it's like, just take 10 minutes, Bernard. Go for a wee or something. You know, leave a little bit. But he wouldn't. He was literally, and every game, it was like his car was stuck in Green Street with people bouncing on his bonnet. We've got Bernard Lama. He smokes, you know, camels. Um, But yeah, I just, he was brilliant. And you're right. We haven't really had that sort of, he was probably the only really loop. I mean, Adrian a little bit was a bit loopy, but he was like the archetypal loopy yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah, um, yeah. You um, half expected him to bring out a cigarette while he's leaning <laughs> on the lamppost, whilst and maybe some juggle, juggle some knives or something like that, or you know, and maybe still be doing that when they're attacking. <laughs> but but you know, the reflexes of a cat and yeah. just. Uh, never a dull moment. You would he's have thought. Guy. You would have thought for West Ham, we'd have had more of them, just because he's he's like you know. Yeah. That's all, you we're know. that club. Yeah, we're that club, but we haven't. You're right. You've gone through yeah. those those goalkeepers, and then as you said, you know, even Fabianski now, and you've got you know Roberto maybe, but he's but he doesn't mean to be. I don't think you know even Jimmy Walker. But they're all they're all solid goalkeepers. They weren't a bit like. Not job like Bernard or Jimmy Lamar. Walker, maybe Jimmy. Oh, maybe Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah, yeah, oh, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy. The Bernards about it. Yeah, Look, we've I always like been it. a bit of a circus as a club, so why not have a have knife juggling, fire eating, trapeze <laughs> artist goalkeeper? Oh, I love it. Yes, Bernard is in. Bernard is in. Right, mm. you, you go through the team as, as you want to, Russell. So from now on, okay. So, oh, all right. So I'm right back. So I'm. Yes, yeah, sure. I'll be a four-four-two. Nice. But there, there'll be some. You know, don't worry. Uh, anyway, right. I love my choice at right back. Now I've written down. Sorry, I keep looking down here because I've written. No, don't be down. silly. Right, right. So we've got. There's some good ones. There's Ray Stewart. Uh, John McDowell was the first one I saw. Really, quite a cultured right back. He was in there for a few seasons in the early seventies. Uh, we've had Timmy Breaker, the mm. best, probably the best right back in fifty years that we've had at the club is Glenn Johnson, but sadly we only saw him for about 10 games. But um, in terms of quality of right back, he's he's the best. I want to give a weird mention to Thomas Repka. He's not in my team, but I I like Thomas for two reasons. One, I was a bit scared of him, even though I was way up in the grandstand and he was a (laughs) long way away. I was still a bit scared that he could get to me. Um, But two, I had a sneaking suspicion that he was a better footballer than people gave him credit for. Yeah. Firstly, because he should—he was a right back and he kept being played at centre back, and 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 that wasn't playing him at his best. But secondly, I think from the failings of others, I saw him being dragged out of position too often, and then being late with a tackle and getting sent mm-hmm. off. Or, but, I mean, don't get me wrong—a lot of his problems were down to him making mistakes yeah. and stupidly getting sent off and all the rest of it. But he got a worse press than he was entitled. Oh, I so I quite, yeah. I quite like Repka. Um, uh, Seb Shemel, I've heard you guys have talked about quite. But my guy, and I, he probably has made a few teams. But I, 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 anyway, so I, this goes back to 2007 and our relegation escape and our yeah. right back and captain, Lucas Neal. Mm. And as much as everyone talks about Tevez saving us that season, to my mind, the the catalyst for that and the bloke that really rallied that team mm. and um was was neil yeah. and he's my choice he's my right yeah I, I totally agree we had um we had anton we interviewed anton a few weeks ago 
and he spoke of Lucas Neal in a way which I don't think I think I was you come across yeah you see yeah, it was Catholic. and but from a player's perspective the effect that he had on a, on the team was incredible yeah. um not only not only obviously with the great escape he famously anton tells a great story where he called a team meeting um they were down they were training at the ground he called a team meeting in one of the one of the lounges and so all the players came up and curbs and and um mervyn day um they turned up at the end and he said no 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 players only so so locked out the manager and the assistant manager and basically he said look we've got to sort this shit out you know if you don't want to play with us if you're not getting 110 yeah. percent i'll tell i'll tell the boss to to get you get rid of you and everyone was like because <laughs> like he's obviously quite a quite an aggressive australian accent as well he's like okay fuck you know but also what he did was he and and again something which which anton picked up on um was he basically made everyone give if they won a game he would go around and collect a percentage of each person's win bonus and give it to the kit man the tea lady oh, cool. uh, the groundsman um and you know when he was questioned by some of the you know less open to this um all people he said well if they're doing what they're doing now and giving 100 percent, and we're shit and we're not winning games if we win a game and give them some bit extra just imagine what they'll do for us and and you know we need to give back and um no i think he was a fantastic i think he's you know i think someone who's now, we've we've done quite well for captains recently. Yeah, it was Neil and, and obviously Kevin Nolan as well. But I think um yeah, it was a lovely bloke. And someone picked him the other day actually, and they they mentioned about Lucas Neil. And you know, after obviously at the old ground you could get people to autograph stuff, obviously, hands through the railings type thing. And he was signing someone's autograph. There's probably about 200 people there. A bloke, like three or four rows back, shout, shouts out, Hey Lucas, you're still gonna be here when we go down. And he didn't didn't react. He just signed it, put the pen away, and he just went right. Everyone, I don't think he swore, but everyone fucking listen. All right, we are not repeat not going down as long as I'm the captain of this team, yeah. and just walked off. He's like, do you know what? I I believed him. You know, I just I think, and he's gone. I don't know what he's doing now. You know, he's just gone off the face of the planet a bit, Lucas Nuez. Um, yeah, no, but I, I it was that sort of inspiration. I think the yeah. players believed that. Yeah, and we played those last few games like we weren't going down, yeah. and if it wasn't for that, we would have gone down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Lucas is in. He's Carry right. On, left on. back. So yeah. left back. Over the years, we've been blessed. Yes. Frank Lampard, Julian Dix, Stuart Pearce. I would give an honourable mention to Aaron Cresswell because it takes a bit of stick now, but mm. in those last before he got that bad injury in the pre-season before the the move to the Olympic Stadium. Admittedly, in that last season, he was behind Dimitri and Dimitri made everyone look a lot better. And he was, yeah. you know, he played there on that left wing. But he was a great left back. So I'd give Aaron um, an honourable mention. Uh, this is head, rule, heart ruling head here. All my notes yeah. have just gone, but anyway. Um, <laughs> right. So I'm going for someone that is nowhere near as good a left back as any of those okay and right and you know i'm i was lucky enough to have been around in 85 86 and that run of games where we um we had so many games in hand yeah and we had to win them all but we were winning one off the other boom 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 yeah 
and that man georgie paris yeah um at left back uh probably the worst player in that team but played with his heart on his mm. sleeve and um scored some really a couple of really crucial goals maybe even not in that season maybe the season afterwards when we weren't so good but and ended up being pushed around into midfield a bit mm -hmm. uh, i think but i just remember him from that season and the banter from the crowd and because you know we were in love with all the players because we kept winning in that last yeah. third of the season after the winter got snowed off and we had to play all those half the season in the spring um and we just won them all yeah the banter with paris and and i i loved him everyone did yeah and he was and just he... one of the characters of that yeah. team so not on talent but heart ruling head yeah i want him as my left back exactly and that's the idea of the 11s because you it's it, as you said it's your it's your 11 and and he's and you know for me like someone in, in my heart 11 would be someone like john moncur he's like not the most but he was just like i loved him yeah. and same as georgie paris you know and also i think fullbacks always have a really good rapport with and, and actually the wingers as well with west ham fans because obviously the chicken run and you're so close to the chicken run and you just have this natural you know yeah. sort of um banter and you know rapport with them and uh but i can no, imagine yeah. your uh your listeners and what and viewers thinking well you could have had phil parks and julian dix of course you had got bernard lamar and george paris and that's the yeah. idea because it's your 11 and that's the thing it's not yeah. like the best 11 because if it's the best 11 or if it was the greatest 11 then everyone would yeah. probably have exactly the same team but because you put those caveats you have to be alive to have seen them play and it's an open brief um it, it means you get some really interesting we've had like um, left back we've had who else has come up uh george mccartney's come up a few times mm. you know solid um we've had rasvan rat he's appeared yeah wow <laughs> yeah harita ilunga you know all these types and yeah, it gives yeah. everyone the chance yeah. to gives everyone Lunga a chance to, decent player. he yeah. was a bit crazy yeah. um i yeah. think it was uh I mean, if you Julian Julian Fobe, yeah. I think he put a retail number in. The but, crazy uh, one, although he was right back, was Johnny Pantsil. Oh yeah, we've had him. He's brilliant, yeah, honestly. I've loved. Yeah, he's he's yeah. amazing. He's such a nice character as well. And uh, oh, he loved the club. Honestly, oh, he loves West Ham so yeah. much. It's lovely when you talk to players and they they all have an affection. But Johnny came. You could actually feel it through the screen. He was he was incredible. And obviously, he's in Ghana at the moment. And uh, yeah, we had quite fun trying to. With that sort of club, I, yeah. I, and I no doubt, uh, you know, passionate supporters, whoever they support, will, will could say the same sort of thing about yeah. their club. But I watched that um, promo video about Mark Noble 500 um, a couple oh, of weeks God, ago, yeah. and you know, it was it was a bit sickly and sentimental. But I, I'm also watching it thinking, who could want to support any other club? Not yeah. that we've won much, no. but you know this and, and obviously the way the video was made you're supposed to think like that but i bought it and i did think me like too that. And, yeah you know, exactly. and you're proud to support them and um that it's yours that's, that's yeah. your family that's what you got it's true it was really sort of uh goosebumpy a little bit a few of those like video yeah. clips and it was lovely yeah. the way he did it um but yeah and i, I mean i mean it, i think uh, I think I might be slightly biased, but because obviously we being West Ham fans, but I don't see that sort of at that sort of family win it together community spirit of the blitz type 
sort of personality of any other fan group you know it's like it, i've got fans who are top friends who are tottenham fans and arsenal fans and they watch this channel because they don't have anything like that they have arsenal fan tv and everyone shouts and moans at each other and each other's throats but you know we're not in it for the football we, we're not in it for the football uh, we've backed the wrong horse if that's the case russell um but it is about that sort of togetherness and stuff like that mark noble's that video just encapsulated it a little bit for me in the in the, in the modern era my era basically yeah. um and uh no it was uh, it was good no rob did a good job there on that to be honest right okay georgie p is in let's go right. center half then center half so okay so obviously i've seen some good ones yes and i was there uh so 69 so bobby moore was there till 74. Mm. uh I'll come clean straight away. Bobby doesn't make it. Yeah. So, and I saw four years of him, but yeah. obviously by 74, when he left, he was well over the hill. He was yeah. probably getting to be over the hill from halfway through 1972, but I saw 18 months of him at his pomp. But at that, at, at that age, I would have been 10 and 12 and maybe I didn't appreciate football so much. Yeah you know the tactics and what have you and you can only go on what you see yeah um and as much as i he was a great hero and i remember buying a tracksuit from him in the shop called bobby moore which was in green street opposite the grounds on my eighth birthday and being served by bobby moore you imagine that he was two two years after that he lifted the world cup <laughs> there he was on a thursday maybe not morning just after training he was in his shop serving and right. so you know that was you know a real a real real hero but yeah i don't remember him in terms of memories i don't remember him saving us you know it's just been wow we tended between 72 and 74 we lost a lot more than we won we conceded yeah. a lot of goals it wasn't a golden era for no. west ham really obviously there was the cup final 75 amazing by that time he'd gone um so so Bobby doesn't make it. I'd like to talk about Tony Gale, a real ball-playing centre-half yeah. uh, out of the Alan Hansen school. I've written down James Collins. I've written down Kevin Locke. He was with us from 71 to 78. We had a lot of players once more left that were called the new Bobby Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they fell by the wayside pretty quickly. But Kevin Locke stood up to that wellish he wasn't good. Oh, blood, I just thought of someone else who was fantastic, who I haven't written down at all. We bought him from Sunderland, a bloke called Mick McGiven. And we yeah. had him for about three or four years. And maybe I was a bit older and I could start appreciating a good defender by then, but I thought he was a class act. I don't know what came of him. Anyway, he, he doesn't make it either. <laughs> so, I've, and Steve Potts, um, oh. I've written down great. So by process of elimination, it's probably not hard to figure that I've gone yeah. for two centre-backs, Alvin and Rio. Yeah. And in my, uh, Alvin was the mainstay of me watching football over this whole of period, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years. Uh, Rio, we didn't have sadly for anywhere as long as we'd have liked, but you could just see what a talent, especially yeah. when he was in that back three with uh, Ian Pierce. Oh, I've written down Ian Pierce as well. Uh, with Ian Pierce and David Unsworth, there was a season where you had Nat Unsworth naturally left-footed, yeah. Pierce right-footed, Rio in the middle, who was just out of his nappies. Uh, but, yeah. he, but he was still, like Declan now, 
age the relevant. If you're yeah. a general, you're a general. And so true. he was just dictating everything. Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah, a, but, that's a solid back three, wasn't it? If you had Unsworth, Ian Pierce, and Rio Ferdinand. I mean, yeah, uh, it wasn't for long. Much, but it was no, good. you won't get yeah. much change, though, will you? It's like. No. Uh, no. Yeah, Ian Pearce, no, I'm a big fan. I think he's at West Brom as well. I think he's in the West Brom. I think he's in the head of scouting or something to do with West Brom. So I think. Um, so there you go. In my 4-4-2. Yes, my four, nice. Four, two. So uh, Lucas Neal, yep. George Paris, Alvin, Alvin Martin, Rio Ferdinand. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Come on, let's move into midfield then, Russell. Okay, so I've got a defensive midfielder. Now, Ooh. I made a bit more room at the back. <laughs> because I didn't <laughs> categorise Billy Bonds as no. a centre-back. Yes. But I saw Billy when I when he first, uh, when he, he was in the team, was it John Charles? No, John Charles was left-back. Uh, John McDowell, right-back. Bonds then came in. Mm. Um, so he started as right-back, pretty quickly moved to centre-midfield, and then later in his career went to centre-back. Brilliant in all three positions. Mm. I've, I've put him, to allow more room in the back, I've put him mm. in midfield. So I'd like to start by saying, I think we have had the best defense. So first of all, defensive midfielders. The best one, including Bonds, the best one I've seen in 50 years, sadly played for us five times and we managed to get rid of him. Not all our fault, but that's Jave Mascherano. Yeah. And, um, you know, it wasn't our fault. There were there's politics, contractual issues, and all the rest of it. And we know, and we Hayden know Mullins story. as well. And, and we had Hayden Mullins to come in, who I quite liked, but he was no, he was no Javier Mascherano. No. And Javier Mascherano, as a defensive midfielder, as we know, as we went on to see, had yeah. it all. But anyway, so let's not count him. I don't really count Noble. I, Noble's been categorised as a defensive midfielder, and I think mm. that's always held him back. Yeah, he's not. He gets wrong side. He doesn't think defensively. He's never really had the pace and he uh, uh, or the positional sense to be mm. defensive. But but he's in my list of DMs because he more often than not got it's played. Like unfortunately for him, what a what a player! But he ain't making my all time uh, eleven. Um, Going back into obviously we've got Declan now, uh, generation back Paul Ince, yeah. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, before him, a bloke called Jeff Pike, probably a bit old for no, I've had, you. I've had, Pike, you've, had got... Pike, you've had him on the channel, yeah. I've had Jeff on the channel. Oh, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, what a, yeah, what a you know, understated, yeah, totally, and, and underestimated by whoever we were playing, but tended to come in and run the game. <laughs> without really being noticed. And I think you've mentioned four players like Peter Butler and yeah. uh, these other, and, and Lomas and blah, blah, blah. But no, um, uh, I, I can't look past Bonds in that don't. position. That no. My hero, my all-time West Ham hero, just sneaks it over Trev. But um, Bonds yeah. has to be Bonds. Yeah. Protected everyone else. In the exactly. field. You didn't need, you certainly didn't need a Julian Dix to protect yeah. anyone if you had a bonds yeah totally and such a such a like you know swashbuckler what they call him but you know when off the pitch such a quiet oh. humble bloke you know it's amazing the he contrast. is it's amazing. The contrast, amazing yeah he but as soon as the game was over you'd saying about lamar he'd pack up pack up his back quick shower pack up yeah well not interested really in talking through the blackwell tunnel back to the family and yeah. um that was it. And then first to the training, 
all the stories about his cross-country running, all yeah. legendary, even when he was well into his 30s, the 20-year-olds couldn't keep up with him. And, uh, and, and then the whole story with Harry and what happened yeah. there and all of that. I think most people's hearts were with Billy. Yeah, of course. And that's and that's what was so nice, obviously, when the stand was named after him. You yeah. could just see, for a man who doesn't didn't show emotion. I mean, I remember, like, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not as experienced as you, Russell. And, and you know, he was he was manager when I started supporting West Ham. And, you know, in that 92, 93 season, he went up. He, you know, on top of the director's box, there wasn't, like, he was happy, but there wasn't like, you know, he's not an emotional person. But to see him almost break down with, with emotion, it was just, I think yeah. every one of a certain generation were like, had like a lump in their throat seeing him because they knew how much he meant to him, particularly after everything that's happened, all the water that's gone under the bridge, so to speak, yeah. um, between the club. It's, it was, it was, it was like well overdue, um, but it was lovely to see. And obviously all Alvin and that lot were, Alvin was doing the PA and obviously all, the, all his mates were there as well. It was a yeah. lovely, yeah. lovely, and against Newcastle, obviously it was that game. Um, it was just a lovely, a lovely thing to do. Well, we three nil down before we knew it. Was that the game? <laughs> I think, I think so. <laughs> quite possibly. It's the West Ham Yeah. It's quite possibly, <laughs> quite possibly, and obviously, famously, you know, he um, he 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 couldn't, he didn't attend the uh, the last game at Upton Park. Um, you know, again, shows that shows the integrity of the man in that he couldn't, you know, when the all the traffic, he couldn't get through, and obviously, he heard about all the nastiness and the you know there was a lot of crowd trouble outside and stuff. So he turned around because he had his family in the car and didn't. And obviously he hasn't got famously never had a mobile phone either. So he didn't tell us until yeah. probably midway through the second half. He was like, we haven't got Billy Bonds. Okay. So we had like an empty, an empty taxi. <laughs> Wait, uh. waiting. So, yeah. God bless him. Right. Okay. Bonzo's him. Bonzo's yeah, so him. he's defensive midfield. So, yep. I, and then I've got um, three more attacking nice. uh, midfields. And I've got a huge list here, which I, I, won't, I won't bore you with all of them, but, uh, so let's start out, divide off some, uh, some are natural wingers. Yeah. So uh, Stuart Slater, his career, I don't know what happened to it, but he yeah. was such a talent. Um, play, but in the, the ball stuck to his feet, a bit like Devonshire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we left us, went to Celtic. Did he get a bad injury? Then petered out at Ipswich. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so he, I, I give him a mention. Trevor Sinclair was an out-and-out winger, great yeah. player. Mark Ward, um, uh, probably not as good as Sinclair, but a good, you know, tidy. Um, didn't need to, didn't have the pace really to beat players, no. but did was just cleverer and just yeah. had a bit of space, whipped in a, a great cross. Um, maybe let's see if I can find some. That's probably, oh, oh, I'll tell you, here's one, right. So going back deep in the mists of time, yeah, 1970. So we won the FA Cup in 75, 76. We're in the Cup Winners' Cup final yeah. against Anderlecht. Took the lead. Then, unfortunately, Frank Lampard underhit a back pass and hurt his groin as he did it, and they equalised. And then they had a tricky little winger who took control of that game, and they beat us four two. And he's was his name was Francois van der Elst. Yeah. Um, sadly died only three or four years ago, I think, way too young. And then we signed him about three years after 
that cup final. So probably around 1980, where we had a great team. Were we just coming up again, and we got to the yeah. we, we, did, we got to the cup final, the FA Cup final, and then Liverpool in the League Cup final the next year. I think I think Van Dels might have been in that League Cup team. It was for a for a second division team or a team that was just coming up. Mm. We could trade blows with Arsenal and Liverpool and easily, you know. Yeah. And both gave both of them obviously, you know, really good games in the final. And Van der Els was a very talented player, but he, mm. he doesn't make it, but an honorable mention is a good winger. Another guy, Michael Hughes in the nineties. Mm. Don't true. hear much of didn't hear that much about no. him at the time. We no. don't hear much about him since, but, no. but a nice, nice player. Um but my winger, if I'm gonna have a natural winger, it's gotta be Devonshire. Yeah. Just you know, has there been a talented player, a more naturally gifted player in all that time? There, there has been, and I'll name him shortly. <laughs> but, but, um, uh, but Devonshire was—it was got to be in that top three, just mm. in terms of natural talent, just the ability to, you know, Joe Cole was that sort that you know in in his very mean. early days before he got wasted out on the wings and things. You know, yeah. um, I remember going to that Youth Cup final to see. Cole and we were already three nil up from the first leg, and he used to get the ball, and then he was past the player. And I thought, I'm really not sure what he just did, but I know he's now past <laughs> the player. But I didn't. <laughs> um, so anyway, I've got Devonshire out on the wing. Um, then there's players that's, that that weren't wingers but played wide, like Yossi. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to give a bit of a mention to Mikel Antonio, and I mainly want to mention him because as you said i've been on um phil whelan's podcast stop hammer time a few a few times over the years yeah. and i always take the opportunity to dig out mikhail right and i've now learned the error of my ways and i'm here to <laughs> eat humble pie because i've also said i admire his pace his power but the bloke's not a footballer his first yeah. touch is terrible his decision making is awful. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Blah 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 blah. But I don't know what's happened to him over the past twelve Maybe. months, or even over lockdown. Because yeah. boy, has he improved. He's now someone has got to him. He plays with his head up. Mm. He takes his time more. He spots the right pass. Holds the ball up. He doesn't just bounce off him anymore. Mm. I, I can't, so I have to admit how wrong I was. He hasn't made my all-time 11, but I'm <laughs> glad we've got him in the team. Yeah, and, um, definitely. And he, and I admit to um, being very wrong in how I was <laughs> knocking him before. So, so I just wanted to mention him. So uh, I've got I've got Ravel Morrison, Graham oh. Padden, a nice left-footed mm. uh, player in the 70s, Ian Bishop, Berkovich, Martin mm. Peters, Michael Carrick, John Moncur, Scott Parker, Liam Sorry. Brady uh yeah go you can go on so where i'm getting to though let's make it easy the most talented player the best player i think that i've seen over 50 years everyone had the pleasure of seeing because it was dimitri payet yeah i agree and um, so all the young kids now don't have to think oh our dad's that golden generation <laughs> they're all going on about it they, we never knew, we never saw uh, the World Cup, Moorehurst, Peters, all that. You've seen Dimitri Payet. It doesn't get better than that. No. And he, there's no question that he's got to be in there. So now I've got one place left and I've got Brooking 
who would be my all-time hero if it wasn't for Bonds. And I've got Michael Carrick. And Carrick is a player that I love to bits because, and I'm so jealous of him. I say, I'm still playing five-side football and I've never been. I was not, I'm still fit, but I was yeah. always a pretty rubbishy. I would fail everyone. I'd be a right back. I'd be really good when it was all mud and I could do sliding tackle. I was not the most skillful player. So to watch a player like Carrick, who is more like a chess player because he sees the moves three moves ahead. He doesn't need to be looking down, working out how he's going to trap them all because that is just going to happen. He's, you know, head up, boom, boom, boom. He's been, and we don't notice it. He's been like a Busquets in, you know, because he just gets the ball, passes it on. But what a talented footballer. What a beautiful player to watch. But Trev gets the nod. Yeah, he's your second second best player, all-time hero. So. Yeah, yeah. I've got um, just the, the man, the stature, uh, everything he's done since, the way he represents the club. Mm. Uh, just a very quick little story. Um, my mum was a social worker and in the 70s, and she worked for a while with disabled kids. And I remember she brought them to Chadwell Heath, a group of kids to Chadwell Heath. So this would have been in the early 70s. Brooking would have been 23 years old, something like that. And it, it's not brilliant now, but in those days, people didn't know how to act, how to deal with uh, if they had saw people with a disability. And most yeah. of the players were like that. They clammed up, they didn't work. But Brooking, 23 years old, was so at ease, came over, talked to my mum, was introduced to them all, straight into conversation. He was a grown-up guy at the top of his game in terms of just as a person as well mm. as a player. It was like he was born like that. He was born comfortable in whatever whatever scenario he found himself in. And um, self-evidently a nice guy, wonderfully talented footballer. The ball, he didn't, he used to let the ball do its own thing. Because yeah. he just, he just shielded the ball from the player that was trying to get it. He must have carried that ball with the fewest touches <laughs> of any player I've seen. It just seemed to sort of go with him without him actually touching the ball and the other yeah. and no one else could get near it. Anyway. Well he used and also like again you talked about like about when you in your sort of heyday, your five or side eight days of boggy pitches and stuff, you know, he was doing all that and dev on you know, mud bar, mud pitches, you know, and, yeah. and sand. And yeah, although Payet is, you know, technically, you know, and I agree with you totally, the, the technically the best player I've ever se- I've seen at West Ham in my lifetime. Um, he was doing it on a bowling green, really. You know what I mean? It's, I'd love to see the reverse. I'd love to see what Payet yeah. could have done on that and what Devon yeah. Brooking could have done on the, on the London Stadium bowling green. But um, no, yeah, he's, and, and uh, it, very similar to Carrick, you know, not, not particularly quick um trevor wasn't wasn't quick wasn't going to beat him on for pace but he just always had time and you know watching loads of lakes i've been watching loads of highlights and old football matches where people have spoken about players and you know he always and and someone pointed out the other day and i watched it again he always used to stick his tongue out a little bit yeah, uh, in his cheek. Like yeah. yeah in his cheek yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. and you know yeah. he's gonna do a move <laughs> <It's like laughs> he'd be a rubbish poker yeah. player yeah uh, Absolutely great, absolutely fantastic, and a lovely bloke, as you said, fantastic guy. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think he has a mobile phone either. Um, yeah. so it must be a theme. Um, with you people. must have the phone numbers of everyone if you know who hasn't got mobile phones, yeah. 
kind of. I've, I've got landlines and I don't like phoning landlines, so I'm waiting to get mobile numbers where I can text people. It's a bit weird, isn't it? You phone up like Trevor, but hi Trevor, it's Russell. Who? And you have to explain who it is. It's like, no, it's, it's not, no, it's, it's not, it's not Russell Raphael from Sot Hammer Time regular. Yeah. No, 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 it's Russ Bun, someone different. Uh, well, no, Joe Brooking uh, lived two streets away from me when I was a oh, kid. Wow. And John Lyle lived in the next street. Oh, amazing. He used to, I know, Trevor, I, know, I know Trevor's brother used to, he was on the, my dad used to be a copper and he was, uh, used to work with, with his brother at the, at the, Met, at the Met Police. But there we go. Um, so let's go up front. Let's yeah. Go up front. Who should we have up front? Okay. So from the really old days, I want to mention people. I mean, pe- people will assume, well, you're going to have Hurst in it. Uh, but the, the fact is that Hurst was a decent striker. But I thought a bit like, Frank Lampard Jr., as we'd say, who made himself, who made the absolute most of his talent mm. um, by training, practice, constant, yeah. you know. So I think Hurst was like that. And maybe like Harry Kane is like that, a wonderful player. But as, you know, if he didn't really try, he wouldn't be as good a player. So Hurst really um, made himself into the best that he could be and was an absolute handful. There's no doubt about that, but we've had better, I would say. If I've only got two up front, Hurst's not going to make it. Um, the best finisher back in those days, in the certainly in the early 70s, was a bloke called Brian Pop Robson. Yeah. I don't know if you're too old for you, but you no, might I've have seen, heard I'm, of him. I've, I've learned all these about, you know, when you mentioned like John Charles, I've, I've, you know, I've then gone back and researched them. So, yeah, so Pop, he's come up a few times. I've, you know, um, who uh, David Cross spoke on interview. David Cross, yeah. he spoke about Pop um, and TC. He spoke about Pop yeah. as well. And Scott was being a fan. So Just I, the I, natural, natural yeah, amazing. New, you know, kind of like a Greaves sort of mm. player. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got, you know, McAvenny, Cotty, Hartson. I've got David Cross written down. Colton Cole I liked. Craig Bellamy. There was a bloke called Paul Goddard yeah. who... Um, were it not for his injury, McAvenny would never have played up front because he nah. was a midfielder yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Goddard got injured in pre-season friendly and they had to just put McAvenny up front because we didn't have any other strikers. Yeah. Um, and McAvenny wasn't a striker. Uh, but Goddard was. And Goddard was a classy, classy player, knew where the goal was, had it all, uh, well, not not in it wasn't an enormous wasn't a big physical presence no. but uh no. yeah good. um fin- and other other finishers uh jermaine defoe what a finisher i would go i want to give a big shout out at, to again someone that we kind of take the piss out of a, a bit is andy carroll mm. but on his day oh, as, totally. you know we know unplayable unplayable, unplayable. that hat trick against arsenal in about eight minutes either side of half time mm. When he was in the mood and when he was getting the right service, mm. just yeah, and, and just always, such and a always, he'd always come have like two defenders on him, so yeah. naturally, there's going to be an overlap somewhere. Yeah. And it's like we never really exploited that, you know. But he was, uh, you know, I I thought he was a great when, as you said, when he was on it, he was he was unplayable, just yeah. big and yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah. Exactly what I mean. and you know what, he'll still have I don't know whether he's staying with Newcastle this season. But I bet he will have 20 minute spells where he'll get a couple of go- obviously we know he can't jump anymore. We can't, but he'll, you know, his race is not yet run. He might yeah. I hope he I hope he gets a little we get a little glimpse 
mm. even if it's only in a 30 second spell because i like i like as long, as long as it's not on september the 12th i don't know that's right yeah <laughs> uh canute i've written down oh nice freddie yeah and Brilliant. i've written down carlton cole uh in his younger mm. days talented striker but probably not at top premier league standards so where's that leaving us obviously paolo yeah. which I imagine has been in 99%. And when I've said about De Cania, uh, when I said about De Payet being the best player, I've said, well, boy, does De Cania run him close. And for everything else with De Cania, um, other than perhaps his uh, fascistic tendencies in his autobiography, but beyond that, you know, they're just uh, the fact that he's got the tattoo, the fact that he wants to talk about West Ham. Or, yeah, you exactly. Know, and, uh, that you know you can't love him but i want to speak a bit more about the person i've put as his co-striker someone that um if you had to piece together a center forward it would look like this bloke and Jonathan Caleri. what <laughs> and we didn't see enough of him england didn't see enough of him no. Dean Ashton. Yeah. And, but of all the strikers I've seen, uh, you know, since 1969, he had everything. He had pace, he had position, he had a left foot, a right foot, heading, n n good decision making, made space for others. Um, and, you know, it really was a loss to it us mainly, but, you know, and he, he would have well he would have been retired now probably but when when was that two two oh six we signed him was it so we oh, would have had yeah, yeah. well he would have let he would have gone on to much bigger things probably oh, yeah within, we know, we know. three or four years mm. uh but that, there you are that's my top two yeah, and you're right uh, with, you're right with ashton you i mean he i mean it's funny enough those were my top two as well the kenya and ashton um in my 11 and uh and and yeah you're totally right he was always and th i was talking to someone the other day about him and he was you know in my opinion the complete striker because he was yeah. he was big enough to win headers um he wasn't like a tc a little guy or a defoe he was big enough he could finish he had a turn of pace not electric but a turn enough to beat the man and he was incredibly skillful and he just said everything and you're right he would have been and i said before on on the channel he would have been england's partner with Wayne rooney because that was when you know they, were, they couldn't find a partner for Rune. It was Heskey, and so, it didn't really work. It would have been him and him and Ashton up front, and uh, what would have been? What would have been? As is too often the case with West Ham, unfortunately. What would have been? And obviously him and Craig, Craig Bellamy at West Ham. You know they were bought as you know yeah. almost like a our modern day Machiavelli and TC. You could see that, you know. But again, unfortunately, didn't play that much. But. Uh, Russell, it's been it's been lovely, mate. Thank you so much for your time. And obviously, there's a lot. Thank you for asking. There's been, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of late nights. I could see, you know, yeah. like, imagine like the Sabutier table out, just sort of you know manager selections and stuff like yeah, that. It's been lots of fun thinking about fun. it, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. For thank you, no, thank me. you. Really appreciate it. Um, and probably the first the first Russell I've interviewed other than oh, myself wow. so there we go um yeah. anyway thank you cheers mate and obviously thanks everyone for watching uh like share subscribe if you're watching on youtube or you listen to it on spotify or apple Podcasts, give it a like and uh and subscribe to the channels and until next time myself and russell take care everyone come on your wines and we'll see you again very very soon take care cheers, everyone, everyone. Bye, -bye. bye bye 
Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.